terrors of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. What's up, everybody? Today is Sunday, February 7th, 2016, episode 172 of the Hotbox. My name's Matt. That guy right there, you can't see, but you'll hear him. He's on Skype. His name is Gooey Rabinsky. What's up, Gooey? Hey, man. Good to have you back. Uh, got a book I just want to mention. I, I saw something on Twitter, and it reminded me. I read it so long ago, but people, if... If you haven't read it, this guy wrote a book about medical cannabis and, and the arguments uh, about it. Very educational stuff. Where can they find that? Well, it's on Amazon. Nice. It's called, Under- called Understanding Medical Marijuana, and it's very it's very purposefully short. It's like 60-something pages. Uh, and, and really, you know, people like you and I and a lot of your listeners already understand a lot of what's in the book. And, I'm, it, you know, it'll definitely fill in the gaps. When I was researching it, it, it filled in. I learned a lot. From, yeah, from and like we've mentioned before, it's it's for us to give to our parents or grandparents or the people in our lives that may not be on the same boat that we're on here as far as uh, cannabis and its legality. Right, but they're going to walk into the voting booth and, you know, you just think in 2016 we're going to have like 10 states considering adult-use cannabis legalization. This is a big deal. Most, if not all of those, will be uh, ballot initiatives with people going to the polls and you know we've got tons and tons of metrics and statistics showing that it is middle-aged and and seniors who vote the most the largest percentage of those groups well that's right Uh, and unfortunately those are the groups who most oppose legalization even medical legalization now why would that be that's so weird you could almost say that those that have been around the planet and all of the lies the government has been telling them the longest like have the most (laughs) off perception of it but it's important because their vote counts just like yours and mine and and everyone else unless you're a felon uh, and it's important that we go and vote and be armed with the truth and not some fabricated BS that we were taught to listen to. So Exactly. So Read that I mean, book and have yep. your parents read it and anyone you know that isn't like in agreement with, with this knowledge here, like let them read it and make – you can't argue with with people like this and change their mind you have to let them come to that conclusion so all we can do is provide the info let them make a decision based on the logic and rationale that's in there and if they come to the wrong decision then uh, okay then you know what kind of person you're dealing with and you can move on accordingly (laughs) (laughs) to a more suitable candidate (laughs) exactly exactly right because you can't save them all you definitely can't save a horse to water uh, so. You know, it's I, I'm not really trying to make this a shameless plug for for the book, uh, but it, you know, it's five bucks, and the both the length and the price, and the fact that it's an ebook, and you know, I can update it with a certain frequency. It's all just so you can do exactly what we just said: share it with your grandparents, share yep. it with your parents, share it with your neighbors, share it with people in the church choir, down at the synagogue, down at the Rotary Club. I don't care, but there's a hey, lot of people. Share it with groups. the people at your next ISIS meeting. I mean, get the word out, you know? <laughs> hey, they're burning fields of it. I hate these bastards. Get the word out. You know where the word's been out? I saw this article in the New York Times about yeah. the sales so far. 2015 legal marijuana sales, $5.4 billion. Not too bad for a bunch of broke potheads. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, and they're talking – that's true. And they're talking about four states and uh, – they don't even have a dispensary network or retail sales in D.C. So that number is derived from just four states, correct? Yep. It's, uh, now just think of those let's, – let's say we got 10 states coming up for adult use in 2016. Let's just say <laughs> a third of those make it. And I think it will be more than that, but maybe that's wishful thinking. Uh, let's just say three of those make it. That almost doubles the number of states. And the whole thing is California is one of those states, and it is the most populous state in the nation with 40 million inhabitants. And that is a big deal. Let me extrapolate out from there. Four states with 
I mean, I guess you could do the math and see about how how much population density they have and then kind of figure out once all 50 states legalize it, you're basically borderline getting us out of national deficit is, <laughs> is what the weed can do for yeah. you. <laughs> and that's without the hemp industry. And yeah, yeah, that's like that's yeah. one that's one industry based around all of us smoking it like you can make all sorts of shit out of it and have every other kind of industry you want or you're allowed to have exactly but again who's uh, who's running all of those industries these are impressive numbers i think maybe some you know some of these laws and initiatives are getting some traction uh because even conservative you got to realize the whole world's not black or white liberal conservative progressive and republican you know that there are a lot of moderates out there they might be financially conservative but yet believe in gay marriage or medical pot you know uh there's just a lot of these these uh moderates out there and and that's really uh they're seeing these numbers. They're looking at these tax dollars and saying, "Oh my God, that's obviously helping the economy." You know that that we put a new roof on the school and and yep. taxes from marijuana paid for that. Exactly, and that's what you get communities uh, all over the place that are like, "Hey, this can help rejuvenate our our town here." Exactly. So, I, I, very impressive numbers considering it's only four states right now. If we get uh, just, you know, if we double that in 2016, and obviously those states don't come online overnight, but what is really impressive is that California, not only with those uh, 40 million inhabitants, many of whom are very friendly to the kind herb, but uh, California, uh, from what I've read, also has an infrastructure of more than 4,000 dispensaries. Uh, and many of those are going to become, you know, uh, serving medicinal and recreational adult use. Uh, but then there's all these new adult use ones that are going to come online. I mean, we're just going to find such an amazing network of dispensaries and retail outlets in the state of California. I think we're going to so see. They're, and they're saying non-medicinal adult use accounted for $998 million of the total sales, uh, which is up from $351 million in 2014. Uh, and these estimates are based partly on state tax receipts and data on medical and rec sales. So then they, they take it out to 2020, right? The year 2020, yeah. if we make it that far, right? Uh, yeah. the legal, <laughs> legal market sales forecast to be about $21.8 billion. So, I mean, not much, but a little bit. $21 billion. That's, that's cool. I'd say it's actually a conservative estimate, you know. Yeah, I, well, I think, low ball, right? Crunching I mean, some numbers, just low good, balling it out. Because we don't want to embarrass ourselves with the conservatives five years from now saying, hey, that's right. you, know, you didn't make your numbers. It's Sorry, like, guys, we only broke $15 billion. Our bad. <laughs> have to manage expectations. Yeah, exactly. We're only going to make $5 million, you guys. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, but also uh, uh, Oregon only came online with recreational sales October 1st of 2015. This was very recent. That's true, and and in a completely different fashion than what happened in Washington. So in Oregon, right. if you don't know, you're seeing uh, the dispensaries basically having rain to sell rec stuff, but only certain things, right? Only weed and only a certain amount of it, uh, and their medical patients can continue getting service as they normally would. Um, but you can come, come there from wherever, right, as long as you're over 21, and go to a dispensary and just buy some weed which is cool. Right. Um, the first few months they were doing a tax break and then right. there was a certain tax increase. And then eventually they were saying it would get handed over to the Oregon uh, alcohol board. And then the tax would go back down to like 17% or something. And what I found interesting too about Oregon, and um, we can start talking about that article here. Um, the way they do their, their tax structure is they basically leave it up to up to the the people there like do you want to split the tax or do you want to pass the tax on to your end customer or do you do you mm. absorb that cost see and in washington right. when it started out it was a tax at each tier and then that eventually got changed all to the uh the end like uh the the shops themselves uh getting a certain amount of tax but i thought it was interesting that oregon was like you can pay it or you can have your customers pay it we don't give a shit as long as we get paid yeah, you know, I like that. I, I think it's uh, kind of a laissez-faire attitude. Yeah, let the people it's, figure it out, right? Like, as long as you're yeah. getting it in the end, who gives a shit? It, you know, it allows more co price competition. 
Uh, it allows somebody that says, you know, we're going to be the low price leader and we're going to make money on volume. It lets the know. market sort itself out, which in a capitalist society, that's what you would expect. And that's what you would strive sure. for, right? Let the market, the people basically figure it out themselves that way. Well, it's ironic that, you know, the Republicans will say that they're, uh, you know, anti big government. And yet, the, you know, it's the conservatives and the Republicans, the anti cannabis culture people who are slapping some ridiculous restrictions uh, on cannabis uh, legalization, you know, the regulation of dispensary networks or, or whatever. And in fact, look at all the, the, you know, not to change the subject too much here, but look at all these communities throughout Washington. You're right there at, at home base, dude. Oregon, Colorado, uh, in California that are banning all sales. You know, they can't ban possession and consumption uh, b- because that's legal under state law. They can't go against state law. But uh, they're just saying, well, you know, you can't set up a shop here. And it's, it's, it's re- they're hurting their economies and they're hurting their patients. Some of these counties are very large and these patients, it's not like if, if they're so sick, they can't work and they're living on you know, Social Security or something. There's a good chance they don't have a, a car or a functional car sitting out in the, the driveway. So it's not as easy as people like you and I just saying, oh, let's go jump on the car and drive to the other county. Right, right. But they don't allow you in a weird way. Like It's like saying Domino's, you're not allowed to have delivery drivers because the food you're serving is clogging <laughs> arteries and actually killing people. Agreed. So we're going to make those people physically come to you. No more deliveries. See, like they're, yeah. they're imposing weird lot. Like if people don't want deliveries, then let it figure itself out. If a company wants to offer that as a perk or a service to get customers, then they should be able to do that. And that's a exactly. good service. Like the, uh, there is a lot of people, especially in the medical uh, cannabis community that don't drive and it, to, to be able to bring that to them would be phenomenal. Well, th- well, think of it. That's why these delivery services are so encouraging. Not because, you know, some, you know, uh, teenagers on the east side of L.A. Or, you know, want to have their weed delivered during their party. But look at how many, for example. That is pretty cool, though. I know, I know. But look at the epileptics or look at people with dystonia, severe MS, uh, even moderate MS. Yeah, and they can't get huge, driver's licenses. There's a huge population, uh, part of our population, that can't drive, for sure. That's and right. There that's are right. a lot of places, believe it or not, that don't have very good public transportation, for sure. Well, we talk about safe access and we talk about harm reduction. And if we yeah. don't allow those people safe, you know, ease, convenient access, they're not going to get harm reduction because they're going to be getting overpriced GAC of an unknown origin, not tested full of pesticides from some asshole on the black market yeah exactly and Ugh. hey if that's what the market wants then that's what the market will dictate but i have a higher faith in the market than i do in the government dictating a market so i would agree but yeah it's it's pretty interesting and i'm i'm definitely looking forward to 2020 to see like how how on point this this market analyst research is <laughs> as far as their their numbers. We see this a lot in the tech industry when uh, the analysts are forecasting like Apple's numbers or or Google's numbers or whatever, and they they come out with like this gigantic number, and it's like yeah okay, and then Apple comes out and they're like yeah here's here's that gigantic number, and they're like oh it's not big enough rah 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 rah. <laughs> But in like any reality, like that's you guys are so rich, <laughs> like it doesn't even matter at a certain point. Yeah, they have like you know two hundred and thirty billion in cash. Uh, yeah. In cash, that you know, that's yeah, separate like from Wall spendable, money. not even invest, like spendable cash money. I want to buy a spaceship. Boom, there's cash money. <laughs> uh, you know, don't joke about that. Jeff Bezos from Amazon, he's building those spaceships. He's building. I know. He, he's like a twelve-year-old with too many billions of dollars. Maybe I shouldn't say too many. He's doing some cool stuff. He's doing some way cool stuff. And if if at some point that we can buy a spaceship, then right on. <laughs> there you awesome. go. Uh, did you see Woody Harrelson is applying to open a marijuana dispensary? That's pretty cool. I, I'm surprised this hasn't happened like earlier. He seemed no, like he, he was a big proponent to do of that in Hawaii, correct? Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's kind of a Hawaii Hawaii type of guy, you know, kind of kind of chill and, and wanting to. He's probably got some property there. Oh, I would imagine. <laughs> I'm just you saying, know? like, he's been an activist and, like, an outspoken one for a really sure. long time. I'm surprised that this is now something that he's doing, or maybe this is just one that's in the news now. I'd be surprised to learn if he didn't own any other dispensaries, you know? 
Well, sure. And when you think about, okay, think about investment groups like ArcView, and there's tons of them out there. You know, that's just the first one that comes to mind. They're pretty prominent and kind of trailblazers. Uh, but, well, you know, where does their money come from? And it passes through so many hands, whether we want to criticize that system or not. So Woody can, you know, go through an investment guy, and the investment guy goes through this, you know, fund, and they drop some, you know, 40% of their holdings into, the, you know, something like ArcView. So the, so the money can really pass. But I, I'm sure there's tons of, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and tons of celebrities outside of the stereotypical Snoop Dogg and... Willie Nelson and, you know, Tommy Chong, the ones right, we think right. of. They're all invested. They're just probably quiet investors or whatever. I would but this, be quiet. When I read this, it makes me it makes me think that, like, oh, he's going to be running it and opening it there, and it's, like, his his dispensary. But I'm sure that's not the case. Oh, kind of like a Jimmy Buffett thing? Kind of. Like, like hey, he'd be there, Jimmy and, like, he could hang out, and, like, he'd tell you what kind of weed he's got today. It's like, hell yeah. It's Woody Maybe Harrelson. Maybe like Cheers, only he's a lot older. I just bought weed from Woody, Woody Harrelson. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they're taking uh, – they have, like, 60 applicants trying to get in Honolulu County's first medical dispensaries that are going to open. Uh, and his company name, Simple Organic Living. I like there it. There you go. You know, do you know offhand whether they can grow outside in Hawaii? I should hope so. I hear they get a lot of sunlight there. I've never well, been they, personally. They say the so. soil, the volcanic ash in the soil, they say it's just some of the, the, the that and Northern California, some of the best cannabis outdoor growing huh. conditions like ever. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, so, if not, I would bring some of that volcanic ash indoors and, right, and right. do it that way. I'm just way. wondering if I'll have to check into that, if the laws uh, allow them to do outdoor cultivation. I certainly would hope so because, my God, it's just such an amazing soil. Yeah. And this is a, another interesting case in in, the, in where the this is another state that has had medical cannabis on their books for like fifteen years plus, right? But right, never right. an actual way for people to get it. It's like, oh, like, you can have if if you have the tax stamps, you can have the weed. Oh, sorry, we're fresh out of tax stamps. Well, like Nevada last year, they had been you know more than a decade with with nothing in place. Yeah. And even California really didn't define things until last fall, and it had been 18, 19 years. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, the law passes and uh, the wheels of bureaucracy are very slow, and there's opponents in government who are like, oh, your law might have passed, but uh, we're going to drag our heels. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if he does get it, he'll be able to open up, like, a couple of uh, processing centers, two production centers, two dispensaries, so... I think a lot of people in our culture trust him. They perceive that he's sincere. I know I do. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that you would get a lot of people who would, you know, a, a Woody Harrelson branded or his company branded product if they knew that he was part of it. I think it could really do very well and, uh, in, in, you know, in sales in the legal states. Huh. Was Hawaii the first? The first. To do medical marijuana? No, it was California in 2000 uh, or 96 with Proposition 215, the Compassionate Use Act. Huh. Okay. This was saying Hawaii became the first to legalize medical marijuana through the legislative process 16 years ago. Oh, through the through the legislative. So that's process, different. California is right. a ballot issue. Right, about, right. Right. That makes sense. There you go. We learn something new every day. See? That's why I like life. And if you like Woody Harrelson and you like weed, he made a cool documentary called Grass. I think. Yeah, Grass. He didn't make it. He narrated it. But yeah, he's in it, and it's pretty cool. So check that out. Yeah, I think I've got that on DVD, and you know, in a box somewhere. So you know who's not for <laughs> medical marijuana? The Mormon Church is coming out in Utah saying that they're. You know how Utah was gonna do a bill, right, to let yeah. you use some medical cannabis, some edibles, yeah. and, and whatnot. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in a state like this, like we have separation of church and state in like 48 states, I guess. Like when the church comes out and says something like this, you pretty much give up at that point and start moving to like a more progressive state or what what do you do? As hey, you you read not again, not to hopelessly plug the book, but you actually read the book. Yeah. Okay. And I read when it talked about the Mormon church yeah. how Way back at the beginning of all this BS, before in the twenties, in the teens and twenties, and the Mormon Church has been against cannabis and the culture of cannabis 
for any reason uh, for a long freaking time, well over a century. Now, if you approach them like nicely, right, and and not trolling or anything, and you were like, I <laughs> I would like five, no less than five logical reasons why you oppose this. As Don't, like, what would what would the response be? Just I I think for a lot of security, I'm. <laughs> I'm just going to have to kind of say I'm 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 not going to be able to directly address it because when luddites and conservative forces like this just stand in the way of progress. Now, hey, you people like you and I, we love technology for the sake of technology, right? Yeah. But cool. we're talking about sick people here, and if your dogma and your religion does not allow you to embrace those sick people and help them regardless of their personal religious beliefs just cuz they're not on your team, you're not going to help them. That's bullshit, and it really pisses me off. So this whole thing just yeah. gets me I think a little tweaked. And, and I get just really frustrated by this because it's extremely hypocritical. Don't tell me your dogma is, is to help people <laughs> and the downtrodden and to be Christ-like. And, and then you're going to say, nope, but no. Except you know, in no this. Cannabis. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what I, I'm curious because it can't be. It's not like, oh, because it's a religious thing. Like, I, I am honestly legitimately curious what their reasoning is. Like, why what what do they tell themselves that like oh we're doing good here we're doing god's work they must just look at it all like drugs and like crack and heroin and think that when they're keeping weed out they're keeping like heroin and crack out right like that's that's the only thing i can think of you're absolutely correct i I think you're right on matt that 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 is really where it's I, i think it's a perspective born very much out of ignorance but uh, just last week, uh, Waxy published uh, an interview I did with Becca Williams, who's host of uh, the Marijuana Straight Talk show. Oh, cool. And in the interview, we're talking about ignorance, you know, and getting people to vote the right way on laws and such. And she said, you know, in her opinion, it wasn't so much about ignorance, but that it was about stigma and, and fear, fear that what if this really is dangerous and it's melting my teenager's brain? That's the whole reason they believe in religion in the first place. That's all Pascal's wager. Like, what if? Well, I want to go to hell, so I might as well, right? Like, it's a fear-based, contentious culture of good and yeah. bad, and it's overly simplistic. But you hell, can't make you can't make law that dictates behavior based on that, and that's kind of what they're doing, and that's scary. But, that's real but, scary. Well, you shouldn't be able to morally, ethically, but guess what? They did. They yeah, did for sure. For a long yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. have money and they're powerful and all that, so. Yeah. Can we talk about something? Yeah, I'm here? sorry. I just, I, no, yeah, no, it's okay. It's, I'm, I'm just joking. But we I, were rooting for Utah for like a second and a half there. And <laughs> then that, and it's like, oh, well, Utah and just, Idaho. It's just so frustrating when you can't even have an intelligent dialogue with these people because we, we can't even agree to have it be science-based. That's yeah, if I'm we saying. can't communicate, like if we can't pick the least denomina- uh, denomination to, to communicate on, right, like <laughs> then we can't have this chat and nothing will get done that's right if we can't even be standing in the same room and hear each other then there is no dialogue yeah and and all i'm asking for is just can we have a science-based approach to this and then we can take the results of that science and we can do credible human trials and research and and we can examine it and different groups and you know liberal conservative progressive etc different groups will interpret that information differently you know they'll they'll have different priorities and different objectives but at the end of at, at the end of the day, like, we smoke this stuff every day. If it hurts us, I think we would want to know that. Like, we don't smoke it because we're like, oh, this weed's going to kill us. Like, that's well, why we just, smoke cigarettes. We smoke right. weed because it's, well, it's, like, just, good and happy and healthy. Yeah, and, 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 you know, because we don't have a whole lot of credible, you know, academic uh, laboratory research, we are forced to really, as a culture, especially when we're trying to educate it's people, anecdotal. not with <laughs> To anecdotal stuff, yeah. okay? And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of people cu- coming out green, uh, quite frankly, in, in the last couple of years who are folks in their 60s and 70s, and they're saying, look, I've been smoking a joint a day for 50 years. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and they're perfectly happy, healthy, well-adjusted people. Weird. Who are, uh, yeah, it's crazy. That's like the opposite of what we were supposed to be. That is so weird. But, I yeah. think some of my best writing is is when I have uh, sativas and being in a prohibitionist state, you know, it's hard for me to I can just walk into the local dispensary because there isn't one and request mm. that Jack Hare or that Durban poison or whatever <laughs> really gets my wheels turning. Yeah. Uh, 
but you know, there there's something about a, a good sativa get your get your creativity rolling. Did you see it? We'll we'll move from one ignorant state to another ignorant issue. (laughs) Not state, because I know New Jersey's down there. That's where the bricks is. That's where Redman's from. Like they they they're down with this, but their their police force or whoever issued this, I guess their poison control uh, people, maybe not as well informed as as Redman would be. Uh, But they're they're talking about wax also known as honey oil, shatter, dabs. You, you've perhaps yeah. heard of these. Yeah. Uh, they're saying, <laughs> and this is, this is like, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh. This is serious. This is the director of the Drug Information Services at the New Jersey Poison Control. So this is like a guy pretty high up there who has this to say, marijuana wax is not marijuana. There is an extremely bad hallucinatory side effect. <laughs> Which, you know... I don't want to say hallucinatory, but if you're not used to extracts and you take a dab, like, yeah, it's going to fuck you up pretty good. I don't, it's not going to make you hallucinate. I don't know what he's like saying hallucination is, but it's bullshit. It's just, it's the most ridiculous thing. People like you and I would kind of like to, you know, push it to the limit maybe sometimes and, and do some experimentation, uh, I've I've never hallucinated. I remember the first time I the first really powerful dab I had ever done, and it was in Vancouver in two thousand four. And they had that butter up there, B U D D E R, and the Butter King, and he had his own shop. And so we were in a shop as part of a tour, uh, and I remember just like whoa, very cerebral just just uh, like a shot of adrenaline uh, amazing but there was no my point is no hallucination okay you can try to hallucinate on this stuff i think if anything you're just gonna get you know maybe a little dizzy i don't even know how you would do that i think you'd be better off taking the dab and then going into some sort of meditative state where you can just get your brain to hallucinate on its own Uh, i don't know um, but the the point is what what they're saying that it is, and these warnings that they're issuing, it's like it's giving all of that a very bad image, but, and that is no right. Good. And doesn't it just come under the category of more fear mongering? Yeah, you know, basically. Oh, what about the kids? You know, they're melting their brains. That's very dangerous. Dangerous. You know, there's all these keywords, all these hot button keywords. But they did Danger. have. Chris Goldstein, who's writing a cannabis column for Philly.com, he came out uh, in the article and he says that you can't actually overdose or kill yourself, but it can be a little stronger for novice users. Uh, So he says you will never see an overdose death from marijuana or hash oil, which I think we can all agree with here. Chris is a great writer. He's got an excellent Twitter feed, too. He says there's an image problem with wax. Uh, That's uh, Justin Albert, Livingston attorney who advocates for the normalization of marijuana in New Jersey. Uh, He says it is unregulated now, but as we move towards a legitimate process, you can buy it clean. (laughs) So I guess they need to just get some regulations there, and then you can buy it clean. You know, well, we all want it clean. Don't you you have some funny categories, dude, with your uh, clear (laughs) but not the clear? uh, Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, so, so I'm sure there's some funny stories wrapped around those. It's clean. <laughs> well, it, kind of to hit on what we talked about uh, during the previous podcast at this uh, Cannabis Health Summit that they had in late January by Greenflower Media, and there was a doctor from California there, as we talked about in the last one, who, who said she did not – and remember, she's, she's a doctor, okay? She's got patients, and she's a proponent of medical cannabis, but she did not endorse dabbing for patients. And she said, the problem is clear. Uh, you're getting two to four hours of relief. And she goes, it might be very intense relief, but she said, these people need to be able to sleep through the night, not have insomnia, sleep disturbance, all of these other problems that result from that. She said, if they've got to do this every two to four hours, how do they get their eight hours of, of sleep? Uh, now, many others are very big proponents of, of dabbing, but it just kind of this, this this whole issue of conservatives uh, demonizing dabbing. We just again, let's be science based. This is just an extract. OK, we deal with extracts in life all day long, all day long, maybe not necessarily dabbing them, but yeah. 
maybe it's like shampoo or, or hand cream or something. I mean, we, we extract stuff from plants. We concentrate it. We, we, you know, whether it's synthetic or organic, uh, we do this stuff all the time. And I, I, I love how people are, are saying that uh, dabbing can be more like a, a crack cocaine, you know, just you're, you're mainlining this stuff. And that's, that's never been my experience. I think most people, it, you hit them a little too hard and they're like, whoa, whoa, I'm, I, I, that's not the way they I'm need to like anymore. sit down and get a glass of water. But yeah, you're going to be. Yeah. A lot of people aren't going to want to dab, you know, unfortunately that's why there's so many different ways to do this. They got flowers, they can smoke yeah. and like vape. And I mean, of... definitely like there, there should be some sort of structure in place to make sure the people producing it are producing it in a safe manner. Cause yeah, you're dealing right. with temperatures and pressures and stuff that, you need to know what you're doing, otherwise things can can get ugly. As yeah. we've seen, we've seen articles about that happen. Exactly, so. and it's complicated chemistry too. You know, that's yeah. you know, I was watching uh, it's not Mara science, Gordon, but yeah, <laughs> Aunt Zelda's uh, she, some of her lectures. She's really great to to listen to. She's all over YouTube, uh, and and she was saying how uh, she goes, "Look, I live in Napa Valley, but I don't have a vineyard. If I want wine, I go buy wine that someone else made and sold to me." Uh, she said she feels the same way about extracts and concentrates. She's like, look, I want a laboratory, professional lab, professional company. You know, I want all that in place. She goes, so what? And I want to go buy my medicine from them at a reasonable price with an assurance, you know, full laboratory testing that it's clean, that it doesn't have pesticides. Uh, and she's very, very picky about the purity of, of it. But she talks from a very practical perspective uh, that, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to make BHO in, in my garage or my basement. I'll be totally honest. I want to go down to a dispensary and, and buy it and just not get ripped off and not get pesticides. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that so much <laughs> to ask? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can do it with bread and milk. Why the hell can't I do it with uh, cannabis? Yeah, yeah, usually. Usually. Uh, Sometimes you got to be careful, though. Got to check that, check that expiration date. That's what see, and we got expiration dates, labeling. It really, you know, it's more than just. We have the harvest by date, definitely. Yeah. When was this weed harvested? Twenty. Budweiser has their drink by date. Yeah, you got your smoke by date. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Did you see this article about Facebook starting to remove business pages for uh, medical marijuana dispensaries? It's kind of something you see on social networks, unless it's like Canisauce or. I forget the name of the other one, but there's a bunch of like weed focused social oh, sure. networks. But well, several if, if you're posting on Instagram, Dixie right. Elixir's and that, that's what them. I was going to mention. Facebook owns Instagram. Uh, Instagram is notorious for removing accounts uh, that are weed related, posting weed pictures and then get a certain size, it seems like. And I don't know if it has something to do with people flagging them or or comments or what, but. Yeah, every now and again you'll see a, a a account come back and it's like oh deleted at however many thousand followers they had or whatever and then be like oh here's the new account gotta follow this now because instagram's dicks yeah yes 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 they are and i think you bring up a good point probably a lot of people are not aware that facebook owns instagram that's true they bought it for one billion dollars i believe that's right and, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because, uh, I don't know, I mean, I, I like Facebook in terms of being able to connect with like-minded people and network and get an education and get the word out. So it's, you know, it's all fine in that respect. But just because I like photography and I like being able to communicate without words, it's kind of an interesting challenge, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's great for branding. You know, these companies, there's a lot of companies I'm very interested in. I don't really want commercials, you know, that's why I watch Netflix and Hulu Plus and shit like that. I, don't, I just cannot tolerate the commercials. Uh, but I think it's a really unique form of branding on Instagram, but, but yeah, like Dixie Elixir has got a huge following and their Instagram got shut down. And so if now they're doing it over on Facebook too, yeah. it, 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 it really, you know, it's, it's, it's sad when it becomes such a neurotic culture, when you're putting, you know, the owners and, and managers of those businesses are putting so much effort 
into managing that social media and and it's an emerging and very competitive space becoming more competitive is all that the time. though is that easily solved by just simply being a business that owns their own content like should you be you should definitely be utilizing social networks like twitter and facebook and instagram and all that but you shouldn't be solely relying on them to get to be your platform like you need to own your content because facebook could go away at any time google could go away at any time like any of the places that we're using like unless you own it it's it's ephemeral like it's not not always going to be there one day you could go to log into instagram and all your shit will be gone and be like oh oh well good thing i have all my shit in like 18 other places but it's it's uh, it's that thing like you need to own your platform where you know you need to have your website that is the focus and then you use the social networks to like get your word out there but you can't rely on them because they're not yours uh, yeah i agree entirely you know whether it's your whether it's a simple WordPress blog that a, an activist has has gone, but just somehow you got to own it because the social network and they remember they update their terms of service all the time. One little tweak to the TOS and suddenly, oh, here's you know four million members who <laughs> we're going to pull the plug because they're breaking the rules. Or we own all your stuff all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever actually read one of those? No, nobody does. They basically own all of your shit. I don't know if you know that or not. They basically own your shit. Or it'll be one of, it'll be like co-copyright where you own the shit. So meaning you can do anything you you can sell it. You can, you know, charge people to use your photos or your text or, you know, sure. freelance it or, or, or whatever. But they, I forget which one it is, Twitter or something like that. Anyway, they have the right to use it uh, in their advertising. That's what Oh yeah. Use. And like Flickr was doing that. Yeah. Quite stuff. frankly, if I like Flickr, you if you're a business, like that's a pretty good idea. I mean, well, I'm gonna have all of this stuff for you. I'm gonna use some of it if I need it. That's all. Well, who wouldn't who wouldn't want that? You know, I would. Man, if Flickr used some of my stuff to promote their their product or service, I would be like, woohoo, free exposure for me. Yeah, so cool. People, other people are looking at my pictures. All right. But fuck yeah, that's a win win. So yeah. And and their whole thing, uh, Facebook's whole thing was that they're it's what their standards say, you know, prohibiting the sale or purchase of drugs by unauthorized dealers, which isn't like they say in the Verge article. It's not necessarily what these dispensaries are using it for. They're not selling the sh- the weed on on Facebook. They're using it to say, hey, here's what we have. Here's where we're at. You know, your strains change, things like that. They're they're relying on Facebook to be able to you know, keep that stuff updated and it's where everyone is, right? Everybody has a Facebook yep. account. You couldn't do that on Google plus cause like only 18 of us still use it. So <laughs> you got to be where the people are. Right. But then that's, and that's their whole argument is that once Facebook shuts this sort of stuff down, then all of those patients that have basically been relying on Facebook to be the conduit, you know, of, of what kind of weed they can get and when, like it's gone now, and they're like, "Oh my god, I don't know what to do. I don't even have my dispensary's phone number." Like, I, we're, we're stuck. Yep. So yep. don't and rely I on Facebook. It, well, I, I think another lesson is don't rely on a single uh, social media network. Well, yeah, definitely. The smart companies are obviously doing Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. That's kind of the core three. Uh, maybe they're doing LinkedIn, or maybe that's just their executives having personal accounts. Uh, but, but, you know, and then there's just everything else. Uh, so a lot, a lot of opportunities. And I think it depends on who you're trying to reach and what age are they, you know, if they're 15 years old, that means a certain set of social media. And if they're 45 years old, that's a different set. Right. And that's, I think that might be some of where these companies and, and, uh, things are getting in trouble is that they're on networks like Snapchat and I mean, Instagram, like we all use it, but there is a large like set of younger audience that uses it. Right. And I feel like some of those people, those kids get on these weed accounts and I think somebody's parents maybe sees that in their phone and then they flag that. And then enough of that happens and Instagram just removes the account. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a dispensary, like you shouldn't even be on Snapchat. (laughs) Let's just say like if, if you're in that biz, you shouldn't be on Snapchat because none of those kids are old enough to buy weeds. So I don't know what you're doing there. Yep, exactly. Yeah. A lot of this is kind of common sense and you know, not everybody uh, employs that. And I think a lot of business owners, 
especially with the whole green rush there is, going on. There's a lot of, of weed business owners getting hard, like swindled really hard by uh, social media managers and, and whatnot. Oh, like SEO experts? Yeah, like a lot of that shit. There's, I see a lot of that, and I'm like, yep. I want to help you, but that's not really my job anymore, so good luck. There's, there's a lot of sharks in that business. I there mean, is. There's a lot of bullshit in that business huh. of people being like, oh, I can do all this, and then not doing any of it or doing it wrong. You and I, well, you know, we have technical backgrounds, but I've, I've even seen those swindlers, those sharks in like the landscaping business. I had a friend who worked for a landscaping business and they were just uh, ripping them off for thousands of dollars and feeding oh, them bet. total blowing smoke up their ass so badly. She started describing some of what they were doing and I started asking some hard questions. You know, she'd go back to work. We'd talk again in a week or so. And uh, they were just blatantly lying to this company and taking like $10,000. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. There's lack of ethics everywhere, you know? Yeah, people just don't give a shit at a certain point. They're, they're, I, I think money. of it as desperation. It's like you're a desperate mofo. You really are because you're willing to stoop that. They're not stupid. We always tend to think it's like senators. Desperate or lazy because you could easily do something else that just would require more effort. You're doing kind of like the easy thing of swindling dumb people out of their money i guess i i don't know that's that's what well i mean there you know we all can't be technical experts so well, yeah so, yeah but so there can be a guy who, who's got a three million dollar a year landscaping business he's very successful you know he he's knows taking what two he does Hawaiian vacations yeah. every year with his whole family you know he's, he's a successful person he does not understand the technical side of the business you know he owns a plumbing a chain of plumbing uh stores or yeah. whatever you know, and he's going to rely on those third-party companies, and if they're a bunch of uh, just unethical business, you know people, what we should do, Gooey. We should start a company that curates those other companies, and so when a company needs a company to do that sort of stuff, they'll come to us, and we'll be like, "Nah, that one's bullshit, but this one's good, so go with that one," and then they'll pay us, and then they'll be be satisfied. I like the pay us part, um, right? <laughs> We'll sniff out the bullshit for you. Well, help me sell a million books, and then you know I'll have some investment <laughs> capital to, to think about opportunities. That's right. Did we mention you can get his book on Amazon? And if you go through Amazon on the thing, like on the Hotbox site, then we'll get like eight cents of that. So support that shit. <laughs> yeah, and five dollars isn't that like? I mean, I'm not in a legal state, but if I were to go, say, that's like a pre-roll, Gooey. That's like that's a cheap, shitty pre-roll. You're better off with this book. I'll tell you. That's what I was thinking of pre-roll. So thanks for confirming that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, did you see this Chase Bank closing down uh, some some marijuana accounts? Speaking of, not yeah. not as probably uh, hurtful to a business as maybe like losing your Instagram account. You lose your bank account. It's like eh, I had money in there. Hopefully. Um, but as we know, you know, if you're in the weed biz, you're getting paid cash. You're not banking. <laughs> so. Right. Well, the um, irony of this case was it involved Greenflower Media out of California. Yeah. And they... They don't even you know, sell weed. Like, they're correct. just a marketing company, right? Well, no, they're a media company. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're content a publishing. Create. Think of them as a 21st century publisher. Yeah, they're company. content creators, so... That is correct. They they create and own content, and and there's a big advocacy side to, to their business, you know, and giving back to, to the community and the culture. But uh, yeah, they, they, so they don't grow, they don't, they don't handle cannabis in any way, shape or form, be it, be it seeds or plants or extraction or processing or, or retail outlets, just none of that. All they deal with is content. Obviously, we've mentioned them before because they did the Cannabis Health Summit at the end mm -hmm. of January. That was last episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically what happened was uh, they, they, after I, they only had the account for like four days or something and and they, they terminated why due to reputational risk <laughs> the fuck does that mean <laughs> well it means I, I mean here's how i understand it okay now i'm not an expert at this so i understand that oh, that if they want to be risky and i don't think banks are into that whole kind of vegas risk thing that's probably why they don't own a lot of casinos and such and they do it the way they do it uh, but if, if they want to be risky, they can go ahead and deal with businesses in the cannabis industry, but they lose, they risk losing their FDIC insurance. Okay. 
Uh, and they, they don't want to do that because then, you know, if there's a robbery or just, you know, whatever happens when that insurance would kick in, they don't have the sugar daddy of the federal government behind them to replace those funds. And they'd have to come up with them themselves, severely hitting their, their bottom line. Uh, but the, just because the whole thing is regulated by the feds, most of them perceive that they could be uh, they could suffer some repercussions from the federal government for dealing with these businesses. I have a friend uh, here in Texas who feels very strongly that especially the, the midsize and smaller banks really, really want the business of the cannabis industry. I bet. But they're just afraid. They're like, yeah, but the federal government will spank us so we can't do it. So then the hmm, should just get the tech industry to step in and be like, yo, we will FDIC insure you for whatever. They have the money. Well, Problem solved. Yeah, right. The You're tech welcome. industry got all the money, so uh, so yeah, they, they yeah just they replace it. Like, oh, that's fine. We don't actually need that anymore. Thanks. <laughs> like, we what would they do? Sugar daddy. Yeah, what would they do? If I was in the tech industry like that, I would definitely do that. Well, what's sad about it is you, you know you have companies like Green Flower who are really trying to get the good word out. They really are trying to do more than, than make money. Well, and they accepted their account. Like they reviewed everything and they were like, yeah, that's fine. And then they reviewed it further after they were doing business and decided it wasn't all of a sudden or what? That seems really shitty. You know what? I, my little pet theory is that it hit the desk word, you know, Hey, the age of social media, right? The speed of the internet. And it hit the, the desk of a conservative vice president, just somebody who had the authority to just to randomly the like and just I think it just pissed them off hmm. where they're like, nope, we're not. We're, you know, we're for, for a variety of both personal and professional reasons, none of which are good. Yeah, that's dicks. Yeah, well, it just, you know, again, the overarching issue here is, uh, yeah, this this cash only business, but. Back to the point that Greenflower Media is not a cash-only business. Uh, you can you can swipe your visa, so to speak, with Greenflower Media. Okay, it's not like you're walking into a dispensary in Denver or Seattle. Uh, they're not dealing with the plant. What they also say too is that it's ironic that this bank, with all of the fines it has paid for wrongdoing, would accuse. <laughs> These people of giving them a bad reputation, it should actually kind of be the other way around. Yeah, well, fortunately, Green Flower is getting quite a bit of attention from this. Uh, Forbes magazine wrote yeah, it up. Yeah, good. Uh, and I've seen it in some other major national uh, publications. And, and I think it's uh, it's really great. And I think the reason it's, it's trending uh, is because we, we hear about dispensaries, retail outlets, uh, cultivation facilities, co-ops, whatever, in various states that get hassled by the DEA and the Justice Department all the time, uh, you know, whether it's SWAT team style or, or, or not, or attorneys showing up at the door. Uh, and this is just a really interesting case. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that this is the first time it's happened. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure it's not. Something tells me, yeah, can, cannot uh, be that a, 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 a company that's just dealing with the topic yeah. Uh, so, so really, you know, Green Flowers is saying that it's an issue of First Amendment rights where they're saying, oh, you can't even talk about cannabis. Yeah. But meanwhile, they've paid one hundred and fifty three million for misleading CDO investments, another two hundred twenty eight million for anti-competitive conduct and municipal bonds, another five point two nine billion for foreclosure abuses and robo signing. Wow. So, yeah, Chase, you can kind of, yeah, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, Gooey, I got to get out of here, so we're going to wrap this up, but it's been a pleasure. It's always educational, my friend. We try, right? <laughs> we do. We, we learn something and we, and we share true. it with the listeners. That's right. Uh, definitely check us out online, hotboxpodcast.com. You can find Gooey stuff at gooeyromansky.com, I think. Yeah. Yep, and over on Waxy. Yeah. Uh, Stuff stoners like. Yeah. Oh, check this out. I want to I wanna show this real quick because I, I posted kind of a teaser earlier uh, on Instagram, on uh, at the jam hole. That's my Instagram of what this is, this little box, right? So I want to actually show you guys real quick while we have the cameras on what's in this thing. Sexy and, looking stuff. 
this is all gonna i mean i'll I'll like put it together with a, a proper review but here's what it looks like and I'll, I'll put it together here but instead of using ceramic and titanium like the vubers they're using quartz and titanium which is totally awesome i'm a big fan of quartz and so that was the dual coil which is standard like vuber atlas all dual coil uh, this also came with a triple coil <laughs> so i'm very excited uh, I'm I'm reviewing this here, and uh, I'll, I'll have a video and an article out. But here's what it looks like. Tell me, this is not the coolest vape pen you've ever seen? I guess you can't see it because you're on Skype, but you'll be able to see it soon. <laughs> well, I'm on Skype on the iPad and too lazy to go to the laptop. So yeah, yeah I will okay. see it soon. But here's what it looks like for everyone on uh, Hangouts. So uh, there you go. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Supposedly this thing will cool hold toys. it'll hold a gram of concentrate, supposedly. I'm gonna put it through wow. through the test. Uh that's with, amazing. That's a lot. Yeah. Well you gotta see the thing. It's it's a little bigger than a Uber Atlas, but it's cool looking. It's all spacey. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool innovation right now. I'm there really is. excited about the products and services that we're gonna see in the next three to five it's years. It's like reading my mind when I was using and I do I still like the Vuber Atlas ones. So the ceramic and titanium is way better than the cotton copper. No, it's not copper. I'm sure it's titanium, but they wrap it in co- cotton instead of the ceramic or quartz. And right, so right, I found the, the ceramic ones, I was like, these are awesome, but it would be better if it was quartz and now I have this to review and it is quartz. They're reading my mind and it's very exciting. Uh, yeah. So there'll be a full review on that on stuffcenterslike.com. You guys can check that shit out. I uh, got the Dabadoo bolt like we were talking about earlier. That review is up also on stuffcenterslike.com. And uh, the G13 weed that's up. And I got some Chemdog coming up. Wait till you see this stuff. Pre 91 Chemdog. Actually branded by our favorite shop. And this stuff, the label says 33%. Wow. So, yeah. It's some pretty good weed. I Um, bet. But yeah, we'll have review and nice macro pictures, as always, over on the site. So check it out. And uh, yeah, subscribe on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, all that shit. So thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. If you like, you like this is where where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you.